Thank you for joining us for digital worship at Grace United Methodist Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us on Facebook at Grace United Methodist Church Cheyenne or on our website at CheyenneGraceUMC.com. Thanks for joining us for worship whenever and wherever you are. Church, I learned my lesson last week, and I wore a hat this week, because I got sunburned. <laughs> I know. Well, great to see all of you. Y'all are way back there. My goodness. That's okay. That's why we have microphones. It's wonderful. I just feel like you're being good Methodist, and everybody's sitting in the back row. I am your, uh, your pastor here, Pastor Zach Bechtold, and thanks for everybody joining us on the live stream today. Um, we know that however, whenever, and wherever we gather, the Holy Spirit is with us as we worship today, tomorrow, or the next day. Over the last few weeks, we have been getting to know the storyteller, Jesus. And so far, we've heard Jesus tell a couple of different stories. The story of the sower, the farmer who goes into scatters seed willy-nilly, like Missy said. And last week, we dug into the parable of the unjust judge. The parable that reminds us that God doesn't weary of our prayers. In fact, God welcomes our prayers, welcomes us to cry out in prayer, to remind us that God is compassionate and loving to all people, that God hears our prayers. And now we dig into the back half of this sermon series, learning the storyteller, Jesus. And the next couple of weeks, we're going to take two, two different parables, but arguably the best parables Jesus told. Prodigal son, which you've already heard today and next week, the Good Samaritan. That's a good shameless plug to come back for next week. But as we dig in today to the prodigal son, to the lost son, to the son that runs off, something that we need to keep in mind is that this parable is told as a trilogy. It's the third in a series of parables that Jesus talks about something or someone being lost. So I want you to picture it. Jesus is sitting because that's what Jesus does when he teaches. And tax collectors and lawmakers and sinners gather around and sit with him to hear the stories that he's going to tell. To hear what wisdom he has to impart. And as they're sitting there, these tax collectors and legal experts and sinners. The tax collectors and the legal experts, they begin to grumble. Why are those sinners here? Why is Jesus allowing them to sit here with us? And Jesus being Jesus hears this. And he begins to tell these parables. He starts with the parable of a shepherd who has a hundred sheep 
And one of those sheep wanders off like sheep do. And the shepherd leaves the 99 to go get the one. And when the shepherd finds the one, throws it up over his shoulders and celebrates. And if that parable wasn't enough, if that parable didn't paint a good enough picture of what Jesus was trying to get at, that all are welcome, he tells another one. This time, a story about a woman. A woman who had 10 coins. That's it. She had 10 coins to her name, and she loses one. And I imagine she searched for that one coin like I searched for my keys trying to leave the house. Frantically. Needing to find them so she could go. So that she had all of her coins. And so she tears her house apart and she finds her coin and she calls her friends together and they celebrate. These two parables alone are enough. Are enough of an understanding that the love and grace that Jesus offers is for all people. Not just those who feel they deserve it. Not just those who feel they're special or they feel that they've earned it. looking across the room saying, why are they here? These two parables alone make the point and they hit home that Jesus, the love and grace that he offers is for all people, period. But Jesus tells a third story, a third story of an occasion to celebrate. But this one, this one isn't about a sheep. This one isn't even about a poor widow who lost a coin. This story is about a father who had two, two sons. And I feel it's safe to say, we've heard the scripture this morning already. We've heard a little bit in the reflection connection, but I feel it's safe to say even before that, we know the basics. We know the plot line of this parable. The younger son takes half of his dad's money and he goes away. And he goes and wastes it. He comes back home. And his father celebrates. That's the plot. That's the basics. But it's true. It's much more than that. And so for a moment, let's put ourselves in the shoes of the characters of this story. We have the, we have the father. But let us not forget the older brother. And as you hear this story, I want you to put yourself in their shoes, in their mindset, in their story. I want you to feel what they feel. And so Jesus starts the story. A man had two sons. The younger of the two sons goes to his father's and asks for his inheritance. Now understand the reality of that request. Everything the father had would have been split up when he passed. At the time of his death, his son would have got his. And yet this younger son is coming to his dad and saying, Dad, I want mine now. I'm done. I'm going to go off and make it on my own and do what I want to do. Without family, without you, without anyone. 
And so without question, the dad says, okay. Divides up his assets and gives the youngest son his. The younger son is eager to prove himself and enjoy his inheritance. And so he goes. He goes to what I can only assume is a biblical Las Vegas. And he wastes his money on extravagant living. I mean, think about it. If somebody came to you and said, here's a million dollars, and said, go, do whatever you want to do. I know there's part of you, the part that doesn't want to pay bills and debt off and do those things. There's a big part of you that's going to go, okay, we can have some fun with this. And that's exactly what the younger son does. He wasted every penny he was given. So much so that he goes to work feeding pigs. Church, we have an idea of what pigs are now. Pigs in biblical time are not anything compared to what pigs are now. Pigs are disgusting. They were trash animals. They were so bad they wouldn't even they wouldn't eat them. They literally ate trash, and he was so desperate. As he's feeding these pigs, he's so hungry that he thinks, I'll eat that. I'll eat the slop that I'm giving these pigs because I have no other choice. And then it hits him. It hits the sun like a ton of bricks. My dad's hired hands have more than this. My dad's hired hands are living better than this. And so I'll go home. I won't go home. I'll go there. Not as a son, but I'll go back to be a hired hand. Because it would be better than this. And now I want you to put yourself in the father's shoes. Your son has come to you. You've given him his half and you've sent him on his way. And you go back to working and tending to your life. All the while wondering when your son is going to come home. What you'll do, what you'll say. Your friends, your family are asking you questions like, have you heard from him? Or you're never going to hear from him again. You have all of that emotion and worry and hope welling up inside of you. And the younger son begins the journey home to return as a hired hand. And as he approaches from far off, his dad sees him. Now they didn't wear pants like we wear pants, they had robes. And so this father, he sees his son from off and he gathers up his robe. And I don't know if you've ever run in a dress or a robe, but it's not easy. It's not graceful. It looks silly. But he gathers up his robe and he runs. He runs to greet his son from far off. He jumps. He celebrates. And as the father approaches, the son is thinking, okay, I'm going to come back as a hired hand. I'm going to tell dad this, and it'll be okay. And before he can even get it out of his mouth, his dad says, no, my son is home. He kisses him. He hugs him. He greets him. He celebrates. He calls the have the fatted calf slaughtered. 
He calls for a party. He says, my son that was lost, my son that had died is alive again. He is home. Now this is the point in the story in which we like to stop. The younger son is gone, he's come home, and the father has forgiven him and accepted him, and they're celebrating with a party. And the point that Jesus is getting at is that God rejoices anytime we come home. The celebration begins. As it did with the sheep and the lost coin, when it's found, the celebration begins. But there is so much more in this story. So much more joy and hope and forgiveness. There's no question of what the son did while he was away. There was simply grace and celebration as he returned home. And we like that part of the story. Even when we put ourselves in the shoes of the younger son, we like that part of the story because it, we can relate. At some point in our life or another, we've gone and come home. And God has received us in. Our family has received us in. Our church, our community, whomever has received us in with celebration. But remember, this story starts with a man had two sons. And the older son stayed home. In fact, the older son at that point in time was working out in the field. And he begins to hear this party stirring up. He begins to hear the commotion, and so he goes. And he goes to his father's house, let's put ourselves in his shoes. He sees one of the hired hands and he says, what's going on? And as he gets closer, the music, the fanfare, the celebration gets louder. And the hired hand says, your brother, your brother has returned home. And your father has slaughtered the fatted calf and he celebrates his return. Now, if you've ever been an older sibling, I'm the youngest of three, so I don't know how this feels. But I can imagine this older son fuming, having all of that emotion, and he refuses to go inside of, no, this brother of mine, he ran off, and I stayed here. And his father comes out. And he begs them to come in and celebrate with them. And he says, Dad, I've been here all along. I've been here all this time and I've served you all of these years. And you haven't given me so much as a goat to have a party with my friends. And this son of yours? Oh, I can imagine the attitude that dripped off that sentence. And this son of yours comes home after spending all of your money? On God knows what and you're gonna go and kill the fatted calf for him and call for this celebration of course I don't want to go in there of course I don't want to join the party church we've been there but hear the father's response son you're always with me you've always been with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate. We had to be glad because this brother of yours was dead 
and is alive. He was lost and he is found. I think for many of us, it's that final statement. That final statement of the father that we often realize a lot of the times we are not the younger son, but we are the older son. Watching and looking around, looking up to God going, what about me? So-and-so, they've been out there living it up. And they get grace and forgiveness too. What about me? And it's in those moments that we realize, oh, it doesn't matter if we're the younger son. It doesn't matter if we're the older son. It doesn't matter if we're the tax collector or the legal experts or the sinners that are gathered around Jesus. We all are in need of grace. It doesn't matter who we are, where we've come from, where we've been in the past, where we're going in the present, where we're going in the future, what our race, our gender, our sexual orientation, any of the things that divides us, it doesn't matter. Because God's love and grace is for each and every one of us. And we are all, all, in need of that grace. And so as those gathered around Jesus hear this trilogy of parables, go and get the sheep. Go and get the coin. Your brother has come home. You have been with me. These are all occasions for celebration. Period. And so church, when we find ourselves in the shoes of these characters, when we find ourselves in the shoe, our own shoes, no matter where those may be, know that God is with you. That God is the father in this story, welcoming you home, pulling up his robe, running towards you to greet you, looking silly but so, so excited that you're here, that you're home, that you're wherever you are and you've encountered the love and grace that God offers. That is the story of these parables. It's not about being lost. It's about coming home. It's about celebrating. So no matter who you are, where you're from, or where you're going, let us together, church, celebrate with God. We pray these things in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Digital Worship at Grace United Methodist Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us on Facebook at Grace United Methodist Church Cheyenne or on our website at CheyenneGraceUMC.com. Thanks for joining us for worship whenever and wherever you are.